I want to come back to what we discussed about the service of the high priest that is recited, and I suggested reenacted, in the Musaf of Yom Kippur. The central service of Yom Kippur in the Musaf service is the reenactment of the Avodah, the sacrificial service, the atoning service of Yom Kippur, the high priest, the scapegoats, the scapegoat sacrifice, the entrance into the Holy of Holies with the incense, the bringing of the people's sacrifice in the Holy of Holies and the priest's own sacrifice. Those are the essential pieces of the Yom Kippur service that we re-experience, we reenact it. And after we reenact it, to the extent that after it's actually reenacted in the Ashkenazic rite, it begins with an introduction called Amitz Koach. The Sephardic rite starts with Ato Konanto, both very beautiful, very different. And afterwards there are poems, Mare Kohen. You talk about how the high priest looked when the, the high priest who enters and leaves the Holy of Holies. The Ashkenazic rite describes how the world is rejoicing because the world has been atoned for. The world has been purified when this one person enters into the Holy of Holies. And after that, right after we say, describe the beauty of the service, the great joy, and then we say, Avot, but that was true when we had a service. But our sins destroyed the temple, and our own misdeeds have enabled the temple cause the temple not to be rebuilt. And what can we say? What words do we have to cry out to the king? And then in the traditional, authentic liturgy, what happens after that is the slichot service. Now in many uh, synagogues, traditional synagogues, the slichot service has mostly been chopped out of mincha, of shachrit, mincha, and musaf on the day of Yom Kippur. But if one looks at actually the authentic tradition, going back a thousand years more, for example, the German Jewish community adheres to the authentic traditions, the Eidot Mizrach, the Sephardic community's authentic traditions, and they of course have Slichot right there, and the recitation of the Slichot in that place is a function of the story of the Torah. The story of the Torah, the Slichot, of course, are the 13 attributes of God's mercy, which appear in the Torah after the story of the golden calf, and after God says to Moshe, Moshe comes down the mountain, there's a civil war, and God said to Moshe in chapter 33 of the book of Exodus, God said to Moshe, tell the people they can go to the land, you will bring them into the land, and I will send my angel before you, and you will drive out the Canaanites who dwell in the land, and you'll enter into the land of milk and honey, but I'm not going with you. I can't go with you, because if I go with you, you will anger me, and I will destroy you. I will consume you. So therefore, I can't go with you. And at that point, the Torah said, when the people heard this news, they mourned. They did not put on their jewelry. And the not putting on your jewelry, mourning, what are they mourning? They were told they can possess the land, drive out the inhabitants, milk and honey, angel, protecting, protecting angel, but not having God's presence means that the temple, the Mishkan, the temple can't be built because it actually can't be built 
Because Moses has broken the tablets, and the tablets are the work of God. So God says, you can enter the land, but without my presence. And that precipitates mourning on the part of the people. And that idea of mourning the absence of God, mourning the fact that there's no temple, on the Jewish calendar, that's, that's Tisha B'Av. That's what Tisha B'Av is about. Tisha B'Av is the mourning at its core of God's absence. Now, God's absence has directly or indirectly caused us a lot of grief over the course of Jewish history. So we don't just mourn that particular event on Tisha B'Av. Tisha B'Av is a day of national mourning for all that has transpired in the past. But at its core, the idea of it is found in the Torah. And that's the idea of mourning. The idea of mourning, of course, is a focus on what is missing. But Yom Kippur is not a day of mourning, actually. Yom Kippur is a joyous day. Not a day of mourning at all. In fact, a mourner, if someone's in a state of mourning and Yom Kippur comes, the mourning ends. The festivals end the mourning. Yom Kippur is a happy day. It's not a day of mourning. It's a day of trying to figure out how to reconcile, how to improve, how to make things better, how to, how to bring God back. In the Torah, the way God is brought back into the camp of Israel to dwell amongst us through Moses' intercession, but God finally agrees to return to Israel when God is teaching Moshe the attributes of mercy. This is what Yom Kippur is about. So actually what precipitates Slichot is precisely the fact that we don't have a Mishkan, don't have a temple, don't have a Migdash. So in terms of the way the service of Musaf is structured on Yom Kippur, it makes perfect sense. First we say we have a Migdash. We're actually in the Migdash. We are actually there. We see ourselves as being present. We reenact it. We fall down and bow when we hear the name of God, as they did in the temple. And then suddenly, we recognize that we may just have been in the temple, but that temple doesn't exist anymore. And we blame ourselves, not for the destruction of the temple, but for the fact that it's not rebuilt. And this is the second stage. This is the response. And it's very interesting, actually, that if one looks at the Slichot service in general, not just of Yom Kippur, but Slichot in general, we discover that we, as a basic theme of the Slichot, we, we are reminded of the fact that we have no temple. Also, it's put in terms of Jerusalem. Jerusalem being destroyed. But Jerusalem is largely not a city of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, in rabbinic thought, often simply means the temple. So on Yom Kippur, you start with the Avoda, the presence of the temple, we don't have it anymore, and it leads us to the Slichot. It's interesting that on Yom Kippur, in the Ashkenazic rite, we are reciting after the uh, we begin the Slichot service, we have a uh, poem, Ela Eskara, Ela Eskara, which is recited in the Musaf of Yom Kippur, is a poetic description of the story of the Ten Martyrs, the Asara Harugei Malchut. I say poetic description, the Ten Martyrs didn't actually die at, the same, at one time, but in the poem they're described as being as a group of the Ten Martyrs. And the Ten Martyrs, the Asara Harugei Malchut, also appear 
in the Gnostic rite in, on the day of Tishabov. On the day of Tishabov, there are many elegies, keynotes written for Tishabov, and one of them, Arzeal Vanon, is a description of the death of the ten martyrs. The Ashkenazic rite distinguishes between the two, the two different poems. There's Arzeal Vanon, and there is Ewa Eskra. And what's interesting is to focus on the differences between the poem that's recited on Tishabov and the poem that is recited on Yom Kippur. On Tishabov, it's fair to say that the idea of reciting, or reminding ourselves of the death of the Asar Harugi Malchut, the ten great sages and righteous people who are our leaders, Rabbi Akiva is among them and others, and because Tishabov, we mourn what is lost. The temple is lost. What is the temple? Our connection to God. But one of our key connections to God has always been through our teachers, those who teach us Torah, the study of Torah, the understanding of God's ways. And we, we have teachers, we have mentors, we have teachers who direct us upon a path that connects us to the divine. And on Tishabov, we remind ourselves that many of these teachers, the great sages, are not with us anymore. And that's the but on Yom Kippur, it's actually different. On Yom Kippur, the poem that we have, the Ashkenazim have, has a different emphasis. They're the central character, actually, in the story of the Ten Martyrs on Yom Kippur. It's not really Rabbi Akiva, but the central character is Rabbi Shmael, the high priest who ascends to heaven to find out what is the story with this judgment. We are we, the ten martyrs, are judged because they are told that the sale of Joseph, the ten brothers who sold Joseph, kidnapping and selling is a capital offense, and they were never punished. Someone has to stand in their stead. That's going to be these ten great sages. And Rabbi Shmuel goes up to heaven. He goes up to heaven and he meets Ish Luvush HaBadim. He meets an angel dressed in Badim. In the clothing that the high priest wears on Yom Kippur. One might say he goes to the heavenly Jerusalem. And the heavenly Jerusalem, he's told by this angel, Levush HaBadim, Rabbi Yishmael's counterpart. He has heard me'achore ha'pargor, from the, behind the curtain. When you read the story of the Avodah of Yom Kippur, it's all about the different spaces. The separation of the holy from the holy of holies, separated by the curtains. So there's a heavenly Jerusalem, and there's an earthly Jerusalem. And the focus in the Yom Kippur liturgy, the Ten Martyrs, is not so much what's been lost. The focus is upon the death of these martyrs as a kind of atonement. It's a theme that actually, I think over time, has been downplayed in Jewish thought. Mitat tzadikim mechaper, the death of the righteous enables us to achieve atonement, perhaps as a response to Christianity, Maybe there are other reasons as well. But in Yom Kippur, that's the idea. We have no sacrifice. At the end of the day, we are not bringing the sacrifices. We imagine them, we reenact them, but in reality, we don't have the temple. And we search for other paths, other things that can replace the temple service. There are many things that can replace it. Confession can replace it. Fasting can replace it. The Slichot of Musaf Yom Kippur describe different things that substitute 
for the temple service. So on Yom Kippur, we are reading as part of the Srikhov service, Asura Harugei Malchut, and was suggesting there are other things that atone. Our suffering can atone. Yisurim can atone. The death of our teachers, the loss for us of these people who made the connections for us. It's kind of sacrificial service. They are Their own death was because of a crime someone else committed. The brothers selling Yosef. They take responsibility. And in taking responsibility, they act as a kind of sacrifice. And we connect to them. And we respect what they did. And we recognize the loss. And this, for us, becomes part of the sacrificial service of the Day of Atonement.